And you say Shy City Shy City Shy City I'm coming home again Do you think about me now and then? Yeah Do you think about me now and then? Cause I'm coming home again I met this girl when I was three years old And what I love most she had so much All right, welcome to the Create Your Own Lane podcast. I got Coach Tiffany Sarden, the new head women's basketball coach for Chicago State University. Coach Sarden, how you doing? I'm well. Thank you, Coach Mo. Thank you for having me on here. I'm just, you know, taking it day by day like everybody else. But, but for sure, thank you for having me on here. Hey, the pleasure is all mine. Uh, the topic we're really, we're really going to be hitting, so I get all the time, um, especially during this quarantine, people just ask about coaching, how to climb the ladder of coaching. So that's kind of why I um, wanted to label this episode climbing the ladder. So, you know, as I was thinking about obviously climbing the ladder, you need to know somebody that's really ambitious. And throughout my coaching journey, I can't think of a coach that I worked across from. We literally were across the hall from each other uh, that had that same ambition like you. So I thought this was a great topic. And then obviously seeing your new blessing of being a, a head division one basketball coach, which we'll talk about obviously just makes you even more uh, qualified for this topic. So I'm excited to have you on. I know how busy it is to first take on a job and then you're in a transition of moving and all those things. So I really appreciate your time and, and hopping on to do this. Oh, definitely, for sure. You know, I'm just so grateful that you even uh, took the time for me this evening and uh, for the opportunity that's presented to me by Chicago State. But you know, I'm just so thankful to be in a position that I am that I am in right now. So, yeah, thank you. No problem, coach. No problem, coach. So, and again, um, you know, uh, this this podcast we want to constantly give content on how we're able to create your own lane. So, you know, I'm going to hit coach with a lot of different things. We're going to talk about some good topics here. We're really going to dive into it. But before we get into those things, coach, why don't we give us Give us some of your background. I've been doing some research, and I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, after reading some things, there are some places you coach that I didn't even know about. So <laughs> why don't you, uh, you know, give, give our listeners some context about your background. And I'm really excited to have you on as well. You know, I've had all men on here. So be able to do, have someone, to, you know, do it for the ladies uh, is something I'm really excited for. So why don't you give us your background and just talk about how it started um, maybe you get playing career a little bit and then just how, how the coaching bug started for you. Goodness. I think the coaching bug started for me. Wow. It, it really goes back to, to high school for me and, and being fortunate to be, uh, to play for our hall of famer coach and, and coach Gators out of John Marshall high school on the West side of Chicago. And then going on to play at, uh, University of Virginia. And I think it kind of hit me there because I got uh, selected to be in uh, Nike. So you want to be a coach right after graduate uh, in my senior year at UVA. And, you know, Coach Ryan nominated me for that opportunity. I went and participated in that and kind of was like, oh, I think I can do this. But I also still had the playing bug. So I was fortunate to have the opportunity to continue to play and go overseas. And as I was overseas playing, I'm thinking like, what can I do when I get back to the stage? You know, hmm. this coaching thing was, was really eating at me. And I was like, hey, hold, on, hold on, coach, hold on. Cause I want to get, I want to get into that. Cause I know you got some game. I played with you once. Uh, where, where did you play? Where did you play at? I played in Portugal, but we played in Euro league where I was fortunate to, to kind of travel around Europe and play against different uh, countries and just so grateful for that opportunity. Uh, a lot of fun, a lot of fun and just got to live a different lifestyle. I would say for sure. That's what's but, up. That's what's up. All right. Now, now hit us on some of those stops. Where, where have you been? Let's, let's yeah. go back to the start. So, where you my are. first college coaching opportunity started at Mount Olive College uh, in Mount Olive, North Carolina, D2 school uh, for Coach Wendy Lee, who just, you know, so grateful for her uh, taking a chance and giving me that opportunity to, to get my foot in the door and uh, put a lot of put a lot of responsibilities on me in my first year. Uh, but, you know, hold on, wait, I'm skipping over a completely uh, Miss position here. I did coach high school. I started out coaching high school and a little bit of my time of playing overseas. Mm -hmm. uh, just to go back, I coached at William Byrd High School in Roanoke, Virginia. I coached there for two seasons. Uh, just such a, such a humbling experience for sure. <laughs> Having from coming from playing 
uh, playing and competing at a high level and then to coach young women at the high school level, it, it certainly was a humbling experience that, you know, I certainly didn't take for granted at all. Uh, but just to jump ahead, you know, I've had many stops at a lot of different places and, you know, here I am right now today uh, in this opportunity that I'm in right, right this second at Chicago State. Yeah, yeah. Well, so I didn't even know that. Well, see, I told you about this. We've had many talks, but no. So it started out. So after Mount Olive, I, I went to UIC, University of Illinois at Chicago for two seasons. And then I went to Boston University. I was there for a short time. And, and after Boston University, went on to Clemson for two seasons. And, you know, just most recently finished up two seasons at, at Longwood University. And now I'm at, at Chicago State. So just a lot of different uh, places I've been and, you know, all that have had prepared me to be in a position I'm in right this second. Yeah, no, I think I appreciate you going over those things. I think, you know, this, this topic, we're talking about the climb. If you, think, if you can admit, envision just climbing a ladder, you know, but our careers, it, it requires a climb. But I think people forget while you're climbing, it's vital to enjoy each step during the climb. You know, and each job, each job that you take, it pours into you in, in some type of way. But I think what we fail to do, especially being in coaching, where it's a constant what's next kind of mentality and structure, is be present. And, you know, there's something I, I just want to share with our listeners. It's, it's just really important to take each step and, and really what can you learn from that place? You know, who can you meet from that place? And then every single day, how can you impact your student athletes? But you know, we have a real issue, I would say, just in this profession and even in today's society, uh, being present. I know I struggle with that a lot. And that's something during this, this quarantine for me is just trying to discover new ways where I can really just be present and just enjoy where I am. So, you know, Coach, I wanted to just hit all those stops because, you know, those all poured into you in some type of way. Each coach poured into you in some type of way. And now you're able to take those all those experiences and be able to help mold and shape how you want to build a culture and run a program so you know I think that's really important and something I just really wanted to hit as you were talking about all those places yeah yeah so at, at all those places I was able to be uh in different roles and have different responsibilities uh which was really unique um but like you say you talk about being present and, and I really feel like I was present in all my opportunities and just was learning and being a sponge as best as I can and picking the brains of not only the people that I was working with and all inside the institution that I was at, but also, you know, staying connected to, you know, my mentors and people that was outside of uh, the university that I was at, but always really just staying focused and staying present in the moment and trying to be the best that I can be in the position that I am, that I was currently in. Uh, never looking outside of that, never seeking other things or looking for my next stop. Uh, just never really been that type of person. Just, uh, again, uh, just really focused on staying present and trying to be the absolute best in whatever role or position that, that the, my head coach that I had at those moments would put me in. And, and pouring into those young ladies, you know, I, I, I feel like people poured into me so much and so heavy. So it was only right for me to serve those. Uh, young women that I was fortunate to, to coach at the moment and who I'm fortunate to coach now. So just really a, a huge server and, and staying present, you know, and controlling the things that you can control and, and absolute just trying to be the best wherever you're at in that position and that role. Yeah, I want to shift this a little bit, but, you know, being a black head coach and a, a female is something that's rare in this in this profession. And my, my last episode, we, I really – uh, had a guest on when we were talking about just the Black Lives Matter movement and really just how important diversity is in our workplaces, how important it is to uh, feel comfortable having conversations about race. And something for me, when I got the job at Salisbury, just finished my, my first year, was just really sitting down and, and just understanding the magnitude that someone that looks like us uh, has this opportunity, you know, mm -hmm. and I started to do the research, well, how many African-American head coaches are in my conference, which there are none, you know, and then how many African-American head coaches that are in the state of Maryland, you know, and then the East Coast and, and then the Mid-Atlantic region. Have you, have you really had the chance to sit down and just take 
take in how rare of the opportunity you have uh, of being a of African American female and leading your yeah. program. Yeah, yeah, it, it. I've had the opportunity to sit down and do some reading, just a little bit of research in myself, and also speak to some of my mentors who happen to be uh, African American women who are head coaches and, and who are in this business as well. Uh, you know, it's a position, it's an opportunity that we don't take for granted. And we also feel like we need more. Um, there could be more. And, you know, to speak on diversity, I think having diversity in your workspaces and, and workplaces is so important. It's so important just because of the type of student athletes that we recruit and want to bring into those places for them to be able to relate and, and see people that look like them um, and, and show that, you know, diversity does matter <laughs> and it, it, it's it's important it's important because these kids nowadays are paying close attention to that and you know you got to be able to if you're going to recruit these these special young players and, and student athletes you got to be able to relate to them and connect with them uh and, and show them the way so yeah just give me another question here on the the topic of race have you had the opportunity to address this with your players you know, I shared last episode as well, just how I did it, how important I felt it was. And mainly not to get dialogue from my players, but more so for them to understand my feelings and my take on the issue. So have you, have you really had the chance to, you know, talk at all just with your players about uh, just the, the heightened race uh, tension in the country, some of the recent events, obviously, and maybe something personal just of, of yourself and maybe how you battled it in your life. Yeah, yeah. So I've, I've been able to have some conversations with some of the players that, that are currently on my roster and just really just to hear their voices, Coach Mo. Like, you know, these young women are strong. Uh, you ha I have some that are, are active in their community. Um, uh, peacefully protesting and just kind of amazed that you know how a community can come together during this time but also I have some that are kind of like you know coach Jeff I don't know what to think I don't know what to say um, just because they're you know it, it could be shock it's so shocking to them um, and also you know a couple of weeks I was home back at home in Chicago and you know they had a lot of rioting and looting going on and and I got to kind of see that firsthand you know i'm driving through uh, a community and i'm i'm witnessing this and i'm like wow you know we it, it was it was so shocking you know you see all this stuff on tv you hear about it and yeah you know i kind of grew up in it uh, some time ago uh just being born and raised in chicago seeing a lot of things but you know it, it we've come far but we still again the saying you know we have so far to go and you know if we can just start somewhere and continue to you know be a voice and show these kids that they can use their platform for good and encourage them to speak up and just you know educate those around you and also you know you get educated as well you know i know, you know there's just a lot going on on social media and things like that but i think educating ourselves is so important and not just always assuming or hitting that like or retweet but retreat button that you see just because oh oh that is some good content you know understand what you're liking and retweeting and, and what you're you know uh posting yourself but truly just just continue to have a voice and being positive and encouraging those to um to use their voice for good as well yeah and i think too like it's just been really cool so we we had a a march here in, in town just seeing how diverse the amount of people were to support this movement of Black Lives Matter for me was just, it was so uplifting. It was so powerful to see. Uh, I had so much pride, not just in our town, but just the fact that this has moved from being uh, a trend or a hashtag. You know, I remember when Colin, Ka Colin Kaepernick was doing, you know, his thing, everybody, you know, jumped at him and now people see you know what he really was standing for and just to see that progression coach I think that's so true and, and I'll I, I tell you something else that, that I've just been impressed with to just you know us as a race people being uh just having a pride about ourselves which is which is really cool you know we fight a lot of odds and I think people are starting to starting to see that but I think um just seeing the pride that people are having 
uh, at, at being black. And, you know, somebody said the other day, you know, it's crazy all this stuff's going on. I didn't really notice, uh, you know, I, I didn't really notice that it was like that, that crazy for you. And I'm like, well, yeah, it is. You know, it's, it's not a, an issue just in a certain area of town, but this is a, a, an issue across America. So I appreciate you sharing that. Again, I, I think it's, it's really, really encouraging to see the jumps we're making, but I agree with you. I, I do think there's uh, definitely some necessary steps we've got to take here. I certainly, you know, I, I saw your, your post and, and your team and your community uh, out there peacefully protesting. I thought that was amazing. I think you're doing a great job and, and continue, continue to be that positive figure for those young men that you're coaching and, and that community that you're in. Um, I think that's, that's special. That's special. I think, uh, more of our young men, uh, especially those in, in, you know, certain parts of the community and neighborhoods need to continue to see positive black role models in their lives and, and that we can do things the right way and we can, you know, be peaceful and, and we can stand up for ourselves, you know, stand up for, for what's right, stand up for justice and, and there's right, more than one right way of doing things too. Yeah, I want to shift now just to, uh, you know, just a, a short kind of story here, but I'm, I want you to really kind of put yourself back to when you first got the job, which is a couple of weeks ago or a month. I don't even know what it is now, but it's still recent. Uh, but I want to share, you know, there was a mentor when I got the job here. Uh, he was really excited for me, but he said, do you understand the difference between making a decision and making a suggestion? And I'm <laughs> like, yeah, of course I do. Come on, man. And he's like, do you realize that up to this point in your career, all you have made is suggestions. And now you're going to make decisions that impact a lot of people. When you hear that, what's your comment? Or what do you think about that when you hear that? Oh, man, I'm like, wow, that, that's so true. That is so true because I know it's been uh, a couple of times I've caught my mentors and been like, you were right. You're right, you know, just in this little bit of time, but it's all good stuff, but it's just, it is, you know, this whole time we've been given strong suggestions for sure. And now, you know, it's time to make some decisions. And, you know, again, I think our mentors and the people we've been fortunate to be under have prepared us to, to make, make the decisions that we'll be making and, and be confident in our decisions. So that, that is so true. Yeah, what your mentor said is, you know, the suggestion. I like that. I really do like that. <laughs> Coach, if I can give you something, I'm not a master in this role, but you're, you're never going to make a decision that you're 100% going to agree with. And you're never going to make a hundred, you're never going to make a decision where 100% of people that it affects are going to agree with. Mm -hmm. And that's where having an anchor is important. If you can imagine an anchor on a boat, it, it stops that boat from drifting towards various parts of the lake or sea or wherever it's located. Well, it's the same thing with you running your program. You're going to be able, and I'm telling you, you thought you drifted as an assistant coach. When you're a head coach, you're constantly drifting to, are we prepared for the game? Is the practice good? Where are we in the conference? How many games are we winning? How many games are we losing? So you, you're starting to see all these things pile up. That's a lot of directions you can, you can pull towards. But if you don't have anything anchored to keep you centered, you're going to constantly drift towards those thoughts. So I share that with you because as you make these decisions, it's really important to have that anchor, you know, and, and I guess what I mean by that is, um, you know, spiritually you and I talk about, you know, just having that relationship with Christ. You know, are you praying before you're making these decisions? Are you praying before these meetings? There's something for me that I've done it so inconsistently, but there's a difference in my meetings when I pray over the meeting and when I don't pray over the meeting, mm -hmm. when I don't pray over the meeting, it's like, we're trying to fit a, a square peg in a round hole. So we're just talking and nothing feels like it's getting addressed, but it's something about when you invite the Lord into that meeting where it, it just flows. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it's anything happening, you know, uh, instinctively, but it's just the fact of me feeling like I have to constantly lead in this area and say this and get this out. It just relieves that that pressure and that stress. So I say that to you because, and I'm sure you're already feeling this. You know, you're coaching at a Division One level. We'll talk more about the program here, but you know, you're going to be tugged in so many different ways, and it's so important to have that anchor spiritually, to have that anchor you talked about, you know, with mentors, and then have that anchor where you and I are talking fellowship. 
you know, mm -hmm. someone that you can just genuinely talk to that cares nothing about your title, nothing about your job. You can lay it all out on the table and they're not going to tell you what you want to hear, but what you need to hear. So I, I share you, that with you. I'm right about that. I, I'm so happy I have you like on speed now <laughs> because, you know, these are things that we do talk about. And Mo, I'll be honest, I, I don't step out the bed without praying. You know, I, I don't start my day without a prayer or, or reading some word of the day or some devotion, but I will not get out the bed until that is done. And then as I'm, you know, prepping and getting myself ready, I'm still taking in the word and just, you know, praying over my day, uh, what, what's ahead of me or, or, or what, you know, what's, what's behind me, you know what I'm saying? But I certainly uh, really try not to start my day without a good word of the day and also heavy prayer. So I, I, I stay true to that for sure. Mm, that's good. There's a, there's a scripture in the Bible. It talks about putting your armor on. So that's what you're doing. You're being intentional. You're putting it on. Absolutely. So it's, it's, it's important. You know, again, I, I didn't, I had no idea. I wish there was a book that told you, Hey, these are stuff you should worry about being a head coach. Uh, but I had no idea just the thoughts you drift towards just throughout your day. Mm -hmm. Some of them are healthy, you know, like, Hey, I like this play. Let's throw that in there. Or, Hey, she's playing, she's playing pretty well. Let's see, let's give her a rep. Let's see what she can do. But the majority of them are unhealthy thoughts. And they're usually something about comparing what you have to someone else. And that's something we said a lot to our team this year is comparison is the thief of joy. You name um, me one person that compares something and is always happy. Tell me about it. Doesn't, it doesn't exist. So, you know, I just share those things with you and, um, you know, hopefully that's, that's a good nugget for someone else as, as they're listening to. Yeah. Thank you. Thank yeah. you on that. So yeah. I do have a question for you, right? I know we kind of going back and forth or whatever, but, Shoot. and we talk often, but you know, one thing you say that you never prepared that there's no book about, you know, what to expect or what you're about to get into. Um, but you know, we, everybody talk about the fun stuff, you know, when you, when you coaching and, and that's, you know, running the plays and running the offense and all of that, but nobody really talk about, you know, the first couple of weeks on the job or, or what's that's like and all that. So, you know, first I hear so days. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, the breakdown of it or, or what to expect or what's ahead of you. And, you know, I know all about that and, and I kind of go back to, you know, uh, a lot of these jobs, you don't get the full disclosure uh, because if you did, you know, it, it'll be a longer process for you, right? But, you know, uh, again, it's, you know, you just try and be prepared and, and as best as you can in that moment. And like I said, tackle one task at a time that you can um, all while trying to stay, stay uh, present. <laughs> mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Appreciate that, Coach. Well, we're going to break here for our commercial and we will be right back. You and I met uh, at Longwood University. You and I uh, came in at the same time. Both of our uh, head coaches were hired. Uh, I was there before you, but we were both hired around that, that, tame, that same uh, time frame. And uh, did my research on this. I actually met the staff before you came in. Um, yeah. So, you know, I was able to really get a chance to, to meet you guys and kind of see the change in the guard. But, you know, you were a part of a Longwood program that had seven wins and you guys if my if my research is correct you guys moved from seven wins to 12 wins and that included eight of those of conference wins am i right on that yeah yeah i think so okay, <laughs> all right hey i'm just trying to make sure you know wikipedia might tell you something wrong but you take over a chicago state program that is one one game you know how do you transform programs like this again you know, I, I witnessed firsthand what you and Coach Tillett did at Longwood. You know, as you take over a program like this, which kind of similar makeups in certain ways, you know, how do you transform it? And I know that's a large question, so maybe you can, we can kind of hit parts of it here. But, you know, how do you transform a program like this? What, what are the first things you need to do? Goodness, we, we should have Coach Tillett on here, man. Like, you, you talk about Coach Tillett, and she, she's just been so phenomenal to me and, and really important in my life of, of just 
knowing her this short bit of time, you know, me and Coach Chilla didn't know each other prior to me coming to Longwood, but how our relationship has formed, it just, it just feel like we've known each other much longer than our time at Longwood and just so grateful for the opportunity that she uh, given me and, and just how much trust she put in into me and just leading with her, honestly. Uh, she, she's just, she's a, a special coach, you know, she's someone, uh, she, she's just relentless in her work ethic, you know, and how she work and how, how she runs things and she knows what she wants. Um, but she's also like, you know, the players loved her, you know, our, our the players at, at Longwood loved her so much as well as the staff. She gets it. Uh, she's a strong, strong teacher that, that I admire on and, and, and how she does things and how she teach things on the court. And which, you know, she kind of comes from that teaching background. So I was amazed at, at, at working with her on the court because I've been around a lot of different coaches and how they teach the game and how they teach different things. But to, to work with her and see how she was able to get the players to understand and, and translate the things that she was teaching over onto the floor and how we operated, it was just like, wow, wow, this can be done, you know. And, and she's someone, you know, just high integrity. Like she believes in doing things the right way. Um, and she, she believes in, you know, staying true to who you are. You know, she doesn't go outside of that. She, she doesn't, uh, you know, try and bring on or, or compare anything. Like you talk about comparison. She just, she focused on what's, what's on her plate. And, and let's figure out how we can be the best. At, at what we have in front of us. And, and that's truly it. You know, I think a lot of people or some things, some mistakes people might go go through is trying to compare themselves and their programs to other places where focus on what you have in the moment. And, and that's what we did. That's what we did at Longwood. We focused on the young women that we had in that in year one, how we can get the best and maximize all the opportunity and, and time that we had with them to get out of them. And, and we knew what we needed to do moving forward and, and we were clear on that and we had everybody all working on the same accord so which was really special it was no hidden agenda it was everybody working for the greater good of the program and, and one you know really one success and and stay true to the plan you know stay true to the plan and, and to and follow her lead we, we truly followed coach Tiller's lead uh, she was a great leader for us and and obviously when you have a great leader uh, good things will happen you know, good things will happen. Gotcha. So sounds like, uh, you know, answering that question on transforming the, uh, the Cougars. Cougars. Yep. Okay. So yeah, it sounds like it'll be pretty much a pretty similar, you know, makeup to where you came from. You know, I, I like some of the things you said about staying true to who you are it really hits on what I was talking about, not comparing yourself to others. And then, um, you know, just, just focusing on the process part. Uh, which is something else I, I thought you said that was really good. So it sounds like, you know, Longwood really prepared you for, for a position like this and sounds like you're kind of going to adapt, take a lot of the things that you, you've gotten for during that time and at Longwood and kind of use it at Chicago State. Most definitely, you know, I, again, you know, I just learned so much uh, under Coach Tiller and, and what it looks like to be a, a leader and, and other folks that I've been fortunate to be with, but, you know, I honestly just really feel like the position, again, that she put me in um, really prepared me to to move into this position I'm in now and uh, try and take away, you know, a lot that I learned from her and here at, at, at Longwood and, and other places and, you know, go forward with, you know, forming what's, what, what my identity is and what I want the program to look like and, and going from there. But um, certainly uh, – We'll take a lot. I'll take a lot from, from Longwood and what I learned from, from Coach Chip. You know, kids love feeling and wanting to be a part of something bigger than themselves. Mm -hmm. If you look at youth sports, and I'm talking about the youngest of young, kids get excited about getting a jersey. Kids get excited about being a trophy. I don't believe that that mindset goes away. I believe it gets taken away as leadership starts to shift. Mm -hmm. So for, for me – it's, well, how do we create something where it brings back that childhood, childhood joy of wanting to be a part of a team? We make it feel like it's something important. We give them things where they earn it, and it makes it feel like they're important, that's important to them and they want to be a part of it. The next thing is, you know, if you think of any team that you joined, 
the, the, your favorite team that you join, maybe it's your, your, your pro team or being at UVA, any of those teams, why you enjoyed it, number one, you probably had success. And then two, you, you probably had a lot of friends on that team. So you really enjoyed who you were playing with. So those are, that's another thing is we want to create something that's bigger than themselves. And then we have to love each other. We have to care about each other at a higher level than we've ever cared about each other. So that's what we're focusing on when creating that sticky culture and, and what sticks. Well, those are the two things I was sharing with you uh, that, that I'm excited and really been focusing on my team this off season. But as you take over and you have new leadership here, what are some things you're focusing on with your team? Yeah, you know, uh, just letting the past be the past, honestly, letting the past be the past and focusing on uh, what's in front of us. And, and that, you know, controlling the controllables, you know, we, we all say, you know, I want to win. And, you know, I hear this, you know, in some of the, the young women, you know, I just want to have a better season. Well, what does that look like? You know, what are you going to do? What is that going to take for you to, to help that, you know, happen? And it's just, you know, focusing on the process and, and developing strong work ethics uh, and creating winning mentalities or winning attitudes. Just, again, it's not just in, in, in the game, but it's, you know, how we walk around campus, you know, how we speak to our peers, like you say, how we interact with each other, how we go about our day. Like, it all really starts before you step foot on the floor and just getting them to understand that, those little things. Uh, will help make a big difference to what what can happen on the floor and that you know you can, can truly create something special on the floor if you're taking care of those little things and paying attention to how the details of of what how something can kind of transform uh, if you're really taking care of things uh, the way you need to be taken care of and it just uh, you talk about love. Love is a huge word to me because I, I'm a lover. <laughs> and, you know, I think when your heart is in the right place, uh, again, so much good can happen and, and it can it can truly lead to special things. So, um, again, uh, yeah, that's, that's where I'm starting at. I think something too, Coach, you know, again, taking over a team that's won one game, the process of winning is so large. You know, you and I, especially working, uh, you know, close to each other, being at the same at the same institution, you know, there's a lot that goes into winning a basketball game. And how do you keep your your student athletes engaged when they're putting that much time into the process, but they're not getting what they want? And I think it's something really important. You know, something that that we did during my time at Longwood, and you know, I, I really had to take this this year is okay, let's take the, let's not take the winning out of it. Obviously we want to win. Yeah. You know, that, that is the objective. We want to compete and, and win, but what does success look like to us? Are we creating little benchmarks before we even get to the win where your players can see, okay, I, yes, I want to win, but did we make, did we get better today? I shared this on a podcast before I stopped talking about results with my team. And it's funny. I just added a new staff member and he's looking at me like I'm crazy. Cause I'm like, I don't talk about winning. He's like, well, that's the first time I've ever heard that. And I was like, don't get it twisted, man. Cause I want to win more than anybody. You know, we check the ball up. Uh, I'm coming at you. But <laughs> I, I understand that when we put results with things, once we've gotten that result, we chill out. There, there's like a moment, even as coaches, once we win the game, we relax. Whew. When you're chasing getting better, there's always a little bit more that you can do. So with my team and with myself, I just focus more on our biggest competition. And you basically already said this, coaches, when you wake up and look at that mirror in that mirror every single day. If we're chasing just those 25 or 30 opponents on our schedule, I failed you because once that's four years in, then what are you competing against? Right. But if we're constantly talking about what about you? Are you competing to be the best you? Then you put something else in front of you. Now you got something special because now you've mastered the mind and now you're ready to master the opponent. So I think it's also really important when you're taking over programs like that, being winning a game is so big. There's nothing you're going to say to those girls they've never heard when it comes mm -hmm. to winning a basketball game. But what little benchmarks are you putting in front of them where they can be like, hey, I don't know if we're going to win this year, but I definitely feel like we got better. And that's, that's what is so important. And that's the part of the process that we have to create as coaches when, when doing this thing. 
Yeah, it's, it's getting them to understand the process, and you know, and creating that space and that environment for them to to enjoy, you know, the the small moments. You know, we make it to like setting things up in practices where, you know, uh, that that's a like you can celebrate. And I don't know, kicking out practice would just celebrate, you know, music blasting or whatever that looked like. But hearing what they have to say, what what makes them happy, what makes them get hyped or you know get pumped up. So let let's hear what they have to say and let's let's put it into into practice and, and, and let that lead the way for us but um again just getting them to understand the process and celebrating the small victories the, the small uh goals and accomplishment and being realistic you know being very realistic and, and transparent you know i think you know uh i've had some people ask me like you know well what you what you think the season gonna be like? Y'all gonna you know it's like wow you know <laughs> again you talk about winning everybody attacked that winning but you know it's just again just staying committed to the process and, and taking it step by step and uh, again focusing on the things that we have in front of us and trying to be good in those moments really good um, and, and just really making sure our energy everybody you know my energy you know because it's gonna be some moments where we you know with some frustration or whatever might kind of creep in but again you know we got to all be enjoying the moments and, and whether it's the good or the bad but we can take something away from any moment so gotcha that'll be truly part of the process good stuff my last question for you here um and we're talking about climbing a ladder you know how, how can i continue to grow i just in coaching we are talking about coaching here but i think these are also tools just professionally that you can use and grow i think you have a very unique story on how you got the job and I don't know if you know how many people applied for that job. That's something I actually was curious about with mine. And obviously they couldn't tell me that, but you know, I had to come up with a magic number in my head at, during the process to you know, get me going and make me feel good. But you know, how do you separate yourself as a coach? And I think your story on how you got the job at Chicago State, mainly that, that uh, relationship with the AD um, and again, please feel as free as you want to be when answering this, but, you know, how did you separate yourself when elevating, you know, to the profession? I mean, into some of the positions that you have and now being a head coach, you know, how'd you separate yourself doing that? Yeah, it was kind of going out most. So hopefully I'll stay on track with what you said. Um, I think, you know, with, with the AD at Chicago State, Elliot, you know, our paths crossed when I was back at Clemson. And it was a professional, professional relationship. His first year was my last year at Clemson. And, you know, we interacted. Uh, he was in compliance, you know. And I think you know how they talk about how you never know uh, who's watching. It was one of those type deals. I think uh, it's what I take away from this and how, you know, my name or, or he remembered me from just our time at Clemson. We had some interaction and we kind of got to know each other, had some conversations and things like that through our professional work at, at Clemson, but it's truly, you know, how we hear a lot of these people speaking and a lot of people talking to our mentors, you know, you never know who's watching you. And also, you know, uh, getting outside your comfort zone and, and meeting people, you know, uh, saying hello to people, just networking, things like that. Uh, but I, I would say, you know, it, our paths crossed at, at Clemson, uh, again, uh, the professional side and, I guess I impressed them enough <laughs> when I was at Clemson in my last year. And, you know, Chicago is home for me. I think that had a little bit to do with it. But, you know, I wasn't like, uh, you know, I wasn't expecting that, I guess. I wasn't expecting it. Um, and certainly uh, is, is super grateful for the opportunity. And, um, you know, again, now here I am. So. No, that's good. And I want to answer that too, but I'm going to give a different perspective. So I failed a lot while getting jobs. So, you know, there's a lot of jobs I did not get. So I guess when answering that question, how do you separate yourself? For me, if someone ever gave me the time to interview me, whether I got the job or not, I always stayed in touch with that person. Mm -hmm. Because you never know to the point that you just made how that connection can lead to another connection. Mm -hmm. I won't share the job that I was up for, but I was up for a job that I was extremely surprised I even got an interview for 
and a finalist, a final interview on campus for. And I was so grateful for them selecting me and I didn't get the job, obviously, but I stayed in touch. The first thing I asked that athletic director was, um, if you don't mind, can I set up another call with you? Because I wanna learn what I didn't do very well or what some things I need I can improve on. So if I get this opportunity again, now I know what to focus on and get better and be able to be you know, in a much better position once I get that opportunity. So I, I encourage anybody, someone ever, whether it's an assistant job, it's a head job, if it's any type of job, yeah. I highly encourage you to stay connected to that person because that's a connection that you can keep for the rest of your life and you never know how that connection can help move you to your next job. That that is so true. That's so true. And you know, you speak about other opportunities that that was presented for you or you could have been up for. Um, you know, kind of very similar for me. You know, there were other opportunities that came up for me. Some that just wasn't the right timing or right, um, and some that you know probably just didn't work out or didn't pursue hard enough. But you know, one in particular that you know uh, that kind of stands out for me is. It was an opportunity that I could have had uh, during my time at Longwood, and I just didn't feel like it was right for me at the moment. Me and this this person is still in contact with each other. Me and this AD is still in contact with each other, and you talk about relationships and, and staying connected, and, and honestly, not being too shameful, you know, to to ask for feedback if you get turned out for something or if something didn't work out for you. It's okay to you know, hey, can you give me some feedback because it can help you in your next opportunity or, or for your next chance or whatever. So, you know, don't don't get discouraged if things don't work out, you know, continue to uh, learn and grow and, and ask for feedback to help push you forward. Uh, that's certainly something I would encourage people to do uh, if when things don't work out for them, it's truly not the end of the world um, and look at it as an opportunity for you to get better and another opportunity uh, that you're able to to learn and grow in. Yeah, and I'm just a firm believer that feedback leads to your bounce back. So if you don't understand what I need to get better at, how are you yeah. going to bounce back ready for the next opportunity? So, you know, for me, I, I just con I never wanted to know what I was doing well because I could figure that out. I could see that. I want to learn what am I not doing well. I yeah. want to learn what can I get better at? So yeah. when I get that opportunity, when I can, you know, get by myself and, and focus on, you know, what areas I can get better, I know exactly what those things are. So yeah. I encourage people. I think people don't like to put themselves out there, but yeah. you have to. You, you I have think to. I, I agree. You you do. You have to and be receptive too though. You know what I'm saying? When if you're gonna ask for it, be receptive. Like listen, listen to it and you know, use that, use that tool for fuel. Like you say, you know, get, let it, let it fuel you, uh, into the next step. Uh, but yeah, I'm with you. You know, I think the, the greatest thing is to ask for feedback, even when you, you might feel like you're doing something right or you're doing everything right, but you know, it's still areas of improvement and, and room for growth. So if, if you like me, you're trying to grow, you always ask for feedback from anything. So no, I think it's important. Uh, I encourage that. Yeah, you can't be too shameful, too prideful to, to seek and ask for feedback. Yeah, and you never know. Every interaction is an interview, and that's yeah. something else I, I took from somebody really early in my career. Every interaction is an interview. Treat yeah. every day. I think people wait for the final four to, well, I'm really going to show what I can do. I'm really going to you know, put myself out there. Why do you need an event to do that? The greatest access we have is our phones. It's now created, it's, it's now taken away an advantage that someone had to now it's equal playing field, which yeah. is my phone. You know, if I can access it on my phone, I can beat you to that spot, which is the game of basketball. It's beating people to spots. So if I, I can reach out, be, say that. I think people would be amazed at, at how, you know, you can connect with someone, even if you don't know them, if you have their contact or even send an email, you know, like pick folks brain and things like that. Um, and you'll be amazed at the responses that you get back and, and how, you know, that making that connection can last, last for a long time, you know? Um, so 
you know, again, you talk about the phone because we all have our phones. We always on our phone or doing something with our phone. So, you know, we can send emails from our phone and, and social media is on a whole nother level. <laughs> so it, it, it's just, would you say it's kind of like no excuse, really? If you're really trying to grow or move into that next step, then, you it's know, why ambition. not, you know? It's ambition. How bad do you want it? And that's mainly why I wanted to create this podcast. You know, how, how can you separate yourself? But it's a competition in everything that you do. And the more you embrace that, the more you're going to grow and continue to uh, have opportunities. So absolutely, you know, there is no excuses. Your biggest competition is uh, what's in between your ears and what you look at in the mirror. So, you know, let's embrace yeah. it. Let's, let's face it and let's, let's get better. So yeah. I'm with you on that, Coach. That's, that's good stuff. I'm going to shift to you. Uh, my favorite part of the show, Rapid Fire. i got some questions for you. I hope you're on the edge of your seat, ready to uh, to be challenged. Come on now. You know I told you already. Uh, look, I'm over here doing some things, so keep it keep it stress-free, right? I got Not it. Well, this is supposed to be lighthearted and stress-free, Coach, so I, I hope I'm not adding uh, to all the all the things you have going on there. But my first question for you, all right? Greatest WNBA player of all time. Ooh, shoot. Uh, greatest WNBA player of all time. Man, it's, I have two of them. I'll say Tamika Ketchins, uh, Lisa Leslie. And who? Lisa Leslie. Lisa Leslie. Why two? Because you know what? Like, growing up, I had both of their jerseys. <laughs> I have over there WBA jerseys and I was just like and Tamika Ketchins I feel like you know our games kind of simulate each other a little bit she's a strong bigger guard I thought I was a strong bigger guard too but you know <laughs> I just love her game and just how she carried herself both of them really how they carried themselves and you know represented not only their families but the, the their professional leagues and you know their role models they were true role models I thought uh, for people like myself and, and still to this day to, to a lot of us. All right, Coach, that's good stuff. I mean, I think it's definitely a debate that's constantly talked talked about in the men's professional league in the NBA. People are always talking about uh, Jordan. I know you saw that, uh, that oh, documentary, yeah. but I don't think it's talked about a lot on the on the WNBA side, so I was curious on your thoughts on that. Yeah, I, I'm sure I have more, but those two come to mind right away, you know. Cool. Uh, you're from the Shy, Shy Town. Yes. You're from the South Side? South side, born and raised. <laughs> hey, all right, all right. So I love the Shire as well. This is a big question for me. What is your favorite pizza spot in, in Chicago? I'm going to have to say beggars. I'm going to have to say beggars. Um, you know, shout out to my family, my, my brothers and them. They, they own a few of them. So beggars, beggars pizza. Uh, you know, a lot of people know about Giordano's, but I encourage folks to check out beggars. I've never been to beggars. Come on now. Beggar's Pizza is, is, is amazing. It's, Where? Where can it's I get that? Over. They're all over. Actually, you know what? I'm going to send you a frozen pizza. I can actually mail you a frozen pizza. So, Coach, don't be I, on here lying, man. No, no. Come on now. No, when I get <laughs> back, when I get situated, I'm going to send you a frozen pizza. And I want you to tell me which is best, Giordano's or Beggar's. Nothing against Giordano's or Illuminati's and all those places, but Beggar's is my spot. I'm not going to get my hopes up, but I appreciate you putting it out there. What's better then? What's better? No, no, no. I'm saying I'm not going to get my hopes up on, on me actually receiving that piece. Of it. Okay. Don't underestimate it, I got you. I got I'm you. I'm not going to get hype on that, but uh, I need to try that out. You know, okay. I, I've never had that. I've only had Giordano's. I've had Lou Malnati's. Um, I've had one spot that had like autographs all over the seats i can't remember where i was no. um but yeah i can't i got you look before the summer is out you will have a pizza you see I that see. time frame i'm giving you i got the whole summer to work on this okay all right i'm gonna hold you to it i'm gonna hold you to it all right the shy shy time That's if someone is coming to the city for the first time what are the necessary stops they must go to in order to say that they visited Chicago in your eyes. Ooh, the, you already said beggars. 
So the the necessary, like I would say downtown area, you know, go on Michigan Avenue for sure. Go by the Bean. You know, you can take in so much over there by the, by the Bean. Uh, Millennial Park, that's that area. You can you can see the whole city and just see all the the cool sights and just take it in. Um, not only there, but also, you know, check out the South Side. Check out the South Side, and this is how you really can can see some different things and, and get and and find some culture, some real culture uh, for us true Chicagoans from off the South Side, or, or go on the West Side, West Side of Chicago, and you know, just kind of roll through it, roll through it and, and see, check out the day in the life of some of those folks in some of those neighborhoods. Okay. All right, coach. Well, you gave us some good stuff. Some good stuff. My last question for you is, you know, how can our listeners uh, stay in touch with you, follow your season, follow what you're doing, you know, get some of these daily gems that you dropped on us in this one episode, you know, how can they, follow you you are you on twitter are you on instagram you know linkedin uh you know we we accept any and all uh social media outlets but how can our people stay in touch with you and, and follow coach Sargent? yeah definitely i would say you know i want folks i encourage folks to follow you know shy state wbb um on twitter uh and also follow shy state cougars um our athletic department uh twitter account um, and just follow Chicago State, you know, Chicago State women's basketball and, uh, you know, check us out. I think our games will be streamed as well. Um, and feel free to reach out to me. Feel free, you know, folks that have questions or anything they want to get to know. If you happen to come into the city and want to know some cool spots, uh, you know, definitely reach out. My email is online. You know, hopefully I'll be able to get back to you. But I, I do try to respond to emails and things like that. Um, but, yeah. Definitely stay connected to me um, and, and don't hesitate. You know, don't hesitate if there's anything I can do or any advice I can give. I'm here for you. Coach, well, I appreciate it. I'm going to give you something here before we close. But if you don't know who Tiffany Sarden is, you know, she is going to be uh, special, not just in that program, but to many student athletes, to that community, which you call home and to continue to grow the, the game of basketball on, on the women's side. So I'm really excited for you, and I appreciate you jumping on here. Yeah, no, thank you for sure, uh, Mo, and I really appreciate you taking the time to even, you know, invite me on your show. I'm following you, I've been following you <laughs> for the last year, your program, and watching how you do things, and obviously so thankful that I'm able to pick up the phone and call you to pick your brain and, and how much you share with me and also how much you pray for me. You know, I'm so grateful for that, for you and your family. Um, and, and as always, anything I can do for you, I'm always here for you like a brother. Um, and, and just thank you again for this opportunity. All right, Coach. Well, I appreciate it. That concludes the podcast. Thank you for joining us on the Create Your Own Lane podcast. And we are out. Did you like what you heard today? If so, hit the follow or subscribe button as it keeps you up to date with all the latest content, new episodes as they drop, and it helps support the podcast going forward. Thank you all for your support. Let's create your own lane.